0: Warning, this week's podcast is family-friendly. Parental or guardianal discretion is always advised. But most children will survive listening to this week's story. You are listening to the Literary Comedy Podcast. Stories of comedy, tragedy, and time. Hello and welcome to Chapter 11 of A Dragon for George. A made-for-most-of-the-family novel about a 12-year-old boy and his pet dragon who may or may not be from another dimension. Last time, George and Lorne the dragon ruined an eight-year-old's birthday party when Lorne got a little too excited by the birthday candles. And now, chapter 11 of A Dragon for George. George led Lorne up another alley. If George's memory served him, the nearest high school should be a few miles west of Kenny's house. That meant they had to walk towards the setting sun. George insisted they stick to back alleys, now that news of him and a very real dragon was almost definitely spreading. They ran from alley to alley. They hid behind garbage cans and dumpsters every time they saw a person or the headlights of a car. This made progress slow going, and it was dark by the time they found themselves downtown. "'I'll need to ask for directions.' George said to Lorne as they came to a drugstore. He pointed to a pile of mulch in a nearby alleyway that was particularly poorly lit. Hide here, George said. The mulch included a generous amount of grass clippings, so Lorne was more than happy to oblige. George went into the drugstore and up to the counter. Hello, he said. Could you please direct me to the high school? I could said the wrinkly old woman behind the counter. George waited for her to elaborate. She didn't. "'Will you direct me to the high school?' George asked. "'It's that way,' she said, not pointing in any particular direction. "'Where's that, exactly?' "'Buy something or get out,' said the wrinkly lady. "'So if I bought something, you'd tell me?' asked George. Probably not, said the lady. Turning to go, George saw a teenager with a wispy mustache the next aisle over. A teenager would know where the high school was. He might even know Johnny. Excuse me, George started, walking toward the teen. The teen ran past George, jumped over the counter, and grabbed a carton of cigarettes. Stop, George said. Thief! You're the thief, said the teen, as he hopped back over the counter. The wrinkled lady made a vague grab for him, missed, and then shrugged. The teen ran for the exit. Finally, George thought as he sprinted for the door. He could actually be chivalrous. He could actually leave a place better than he'd found it. George beat the teen to the door and tackled him by the ankles. The teen punched George in the back, but George did not let go. Stop it with the fighting, said the wrinkled lady. The both of yous... "'He started it,' said the teen, punching George again. "'Kindly return your ill-gotten goods,' said George, looking into the teen's eyes with a confident, unwavering gaze. "'Only then shall I let go of thee.' "'I recognize you,' said the teen, looking closely at George's face. "'I saw you! You were in that dragon video!' "'I know not what thou art talking about,' said George. "'I saw it too!' said the pharmacist from the back of the store. It's gone viral! It's obviously fake, said the wrinkled lady. The kid's an actor or something. Maybe we're on camera now. Where's your dragon? asked the teen, punching George again. I want to see it! George looked over to the wrinkled lady. I am merely trying to return the merchandise this fiend has stolen. Doth thou not want it? I know I don't want to get up said the wrinkled lady. Show me the dragon, said the teen, punching George's chin. George rubbed his jaw instinctively. The teen escaped George's arms. Show me, said the teen, grabbing George by the shirt, pulling him to his feet. You're going to be sorry. Dragons aren't real, said George. Thump, a large object banged against the window. You were saying, said the teen, who used the distraction to grab more merchandise off the shelf and run out the back door. This set off an alarm, which was the least of the teen's worries, as Lorne grabbed him in her claws and dragged him back into the drugstore. "'Stop, girl!' George pleaded. His eyes darted to the lighters at the checkout, to the already messed-up store, to the very confused pharmacist, to Lorne, continuing to drag the kid with the wispy moustache. George gave up on leaving the drugstore better than he'd found it and settled on things not turning out as terrible as they usually did. Lorne! George yelled. Over here! But Lorne was in a frenzy worse than he'd seen before, screeching at the teen who shivered in fear. George removed the bridle from the cloth bag. He rushed to return the batteries to the noseband. See, girl? You like this, don't you? George pressed the button, but nothing happened. He looked at the batteries. They were dry now, but he'd put them in backward. Lorne flapped her wings, achieving lift, pulling the teen into the air. The teen grabbed the nearest rack, pulling himself back towards the ground. Lorne let go. The teen thudded against the rack. Bottles of echinacea and vitamin C scattered across the aisle. Lorne leapt back onto the teen. Get off him! George yelled, fumbling to right the batteries within the noseband. Get back, said the teen, thrusting a knife into Lorne's belly. No! George yelled, but the knife sounded as if it had scraped over stone. It had glanced off Lorne's tough hide. She thwacked the knife out of the teen's hand. The teen retreated, shaking in terror. Lorne raised her claw. George secured the batteries into place and pressed the button. The bridle sparked weakly. But it did spark. Lorne turned her head. The pharmacist took her chance to run towards the back room of the pharmacy. The teen tried to follow, but Lorne caught him, whirling around, throwing him to the center of the store, knocking over the rack of vitamins and supplements. Lorne leapt upon him, baring her teeth and hissing. George sparked the bridle again ever so slightly. Lorne glanced at it briefly, but then turned back to the teen. Stuffing the bridle back into the cloth bag, George ran to the checkout. He grabbed a lighter, sparking a flame. Lauren leapt off the team and flew toward the flame. I almost got killed by a dragon, said the teen. That's awesome. Get out of here! George yelled, and the teen ran out the back. Lauren knocked over the discount birthday cards as she zipped toward the flame. George took his thumb off the lighter's ignition as she burped. Failing to make a fireball, she whimpered. She looked at George as if he'd betrayed her. You have to listen to me, George said, or you'll get us into trouble. Lorne lunged for the other lighters at the checkout. George knocked them away. Get the fire extinguisher, George told the wrinkled lady behind the counter. Get that thing out of my store, said the wrinkled lady, popping up and swinging a metal baseball bat, which made a ting as it bounced off Lorne's solid skin. Lorne grabbed the bat, yanking it from the wrinkled lady's hand. Flames! 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 said George, igniting two lighters at once, running towards the front door. Lorne burped at them, sending a fiery jet at the perfume section, which lit a I sure mistimed the heck out of that, said George as he ran outside, Lorne following. George turned back. Two lighters stolen, half the store's merchandise strewn across the floor, and the wrinkled old lady aiming a fire extinguisher at burning perfume bottles. The forest, the bear costume, Kenny's dining room, and now this! George and Lorne had left each place in worse shape than the last. Lorne whimpered, trying to grab a lighter with her claw. George stuffed them both into his pocket, giving Lorne a chance to take a breath. George felt bad about taking the lighters. But if he returned them to the store, Lorne would chase them and cause even more damage. It was George's own fault, though. He had to keep her out of this sort of situation until he'd done a whole lot better with her training. He had to take better care of her. Sirens and flashing lights up the street startled the both of them. Come on, George said, leading her down the nearest alley, hoping to slip out of sight. Only this alley happened to have three young men. "'smoking in their white shirts and stained white aprons. "'Lorn noticed it, too, flying in their direction. "'George ran toward them. "'Stop smoking!' he yelled. "'Your lives depend on it!' "'Thanks, Mum," said one of the smokers as his friends laughed. "'Lorn burped through the ends of the cigarettes, "'creating a fireball that lit the dumpster behind them. "'Holy Hades!' said one of the smokers. "'That thing could have killed us!' one of the other smokers said. "'Awesome!' the third smoker said, distinguished by a black tattoo on his forearm. "'I saw you in that video.' Lorne pursued the dumpster flames, and George pursued Lorne. "'We have to get out of here!' George said as Lorne landed on the edge of the dumpster, burping out another fireball. George tugged on her wing. "'Come on!' he said. She burped again. "'They're this way, coppers!' said one of the smokers. Quick now, they've got a head start. Please, George said, pulling at Lorne's reins. She flicked out her tongue, licking tears that George didn't even know were flowing down his cheeks. The fire still raged, but her chief concern was him. His chief concern was her. Let's go, George said. Lorne sent one last burp toward the fire before scurrying with George out of the alley. They ran up the next street. A police car screeched as it made a sharp turn towards them. Stop, yelled the policeman, jumping out of the car. Lorne and George turned up the next alley, but met a razor wire fence. Lorne grabbed onto George with her back claws, using her front claws to climb. She was so strong now. Freeze or I'll shoot, yelled the policeman. Stop, girl, said George but Lorne kept climbing. Bang! Lorne closed her wings over George's upper half. The bullet hit like a punch to the gut, but, thankfully, not like a bullet. George had the wind knocked out of him, that was all. Lorne's wing had absorbed much of the shot's strength, sending the bullet twirling back toward the policeman, who ducked out of the way. Good job, George tried to say, but didn't, due to the aforementioned lack of wind. Lorne launched herself into the air, pulling George over the barbed wire fence into the far end of the alley. Just this morning, she couldn't have lifted him like this. She was growing so fast. Thwom! A giant blob, 30 feet high at least, appeared across their escape. It expanded in size as it oozed towards them. George looked to the sky, but another thwom and another blob blocked that escape too. George looked to the buildings on either side, but couldn't spot any windows. They turned back to the barbed wire fence. The policeman aimed his gun at them. Thwum! Another giant blob attached to the entrance of the alley, enveloping the policeman, gun and all. We've got the building surrounded, said a deep-voiced man. There's no escape now. It was true. George pet Lauren's head. They'd come so far. They'd go no farther. Max, George said to the air, If you're helping, help us now. Otherwise, this is all for nothing. Please, Max. Quick, this way, yelled the voice, echoing through the alley. George looked around. The voice seemed to come from every direction. Below you, George saw her now, looking up at him through the grate at his feet. It was the damsel he'd first met in the golly only a few days before. You saved me, so now I save you, she said, lifting the grate. Thanks, Max, George whispered under his breath. Thank you for listening to Chapter 11 of A Dragon for George. If you liked the show, please rate, review, subscribe, tell other people, share with the world, and as always... Bless you, keep you, and take good care.